I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Euler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. Afternoon, Steeler Nation. How we doing? Well, that's good. Me too. Wesley Euler, hour number two with you here on the Steelers Blitz on SNR and now Fox Sports Pittsburgh as well too. Our buddy Brian Backo going to join me about 16 minutes from now as we continue to get ready for all things Steelers Ravens Saturday 4:30 in Baltimore. And now is the time every single week here on a Thursday where we take a deeper dive at the numbers behind the Steelers' upcoming clash. Let's look at Pittsburgh. Let's look at Baltimore. Let's do it from a numbers and statistics and and not really analytics. That's too fancy. A statistical standpoint breakdown of the upcoming matchup with a little thing we call Stranger Stats. As always, we begin with a little series history to set the scene here. Uh, this incredible rivalry started in 1996, of course, when the Ravens joined the NFL. Baltimore Colts to Indy, right? Browns to Baltimore. We all remember the story. Since then, Pittsburgh leads the series 34-25. to That includes four times these teams have matched up in the postseason and in the playoffs. The Steelers are 3-1 against Baltimore. Pittsburgh has won six of or Pittsburgh won six of the first seven meetings. They also have won six of the last seven stranger stats, including of course obviously the most recent matchup earlier this year. The Steelers won 17 to 10 in week five. That seven point loss, the largest uh, margin of defeat for Baltimore so far this season. The Steelers have swept the Ravens in two of the last three years and will look to make that three of the last four on Saturday. Mike Tomlin, all-time, 20-16 and 16 against Baltimore. His nemesis on the far sideline, John Harbaugh, 15-19 and 19 in his career against the Pittsburgh Stullers. All right, let's get into some of the stats, some of the numbers here. 
behind the Steelers and the Ravens. Baltimore, as we well know, has not only clinched the AFC North crown at this point, they are also already guaranteed to be the top seed in the AFC playoffs. Their six-game winning streak is currently the longest in the National Football League, and their 210-point differential, plus 210 on the season. Pause for dramatic effect and to allow the music to reset. Plus 210 point differential is tops in the league as well. Baltimore has outscored their opponents by 97 points over their last six games. The Ravens are 6-2 and two at home, but only 3-2 and two in the division. The Steelers are 4-1 in the AFC North and 4-3 and on the road. Pittsburgh on the year, negative 27 point differential. They are on a two-game winning streak. Baltimore has led the final two minutes of all has led in the final two minutes of all 16 games they've played this season. Stranger stats. The only other team to do that in the history of the league, the 2017 Patriots, who famously went undefeated until they lost to Eli Manning and the Giants in the Super Bowl. All those 19-0 shirts ended up going to a charity in a third-world country. So, yes, Baltimore has led in the final two minutes of all 16 games they've played this season. The only other team to do so, probably the best team to never win a Super Bowl, the 2007 Patriots. The AFC North has a combined record of 41-23. and 23. That's the best of any division in the National Football League. The NFC North and the NFC West are in second place, but they're distant 33 wins for each of those divisions. Since the NFL went on to a Week 18 schedule, remember I told you this last week, we got to update it now, the Steelers are undefeated in Week 17 and 18. So 5-0 and if you include that Week 17 win against Seattle. They were 2-0 in 2021, 2-0 in 2022. So far this season, 1-0. We'll see if they can make that uh, a streak that will continue into next year. Pittsburgh is coming off their highest scoring weeks in each of the past two games. 64 points combined against the Bengals and the Seahawks. Baltimore, though, for reference, they've scored 59 points. Sorry, 89 points over their last two games. 64 for the Steelers, 89 for Baltimore. That was one of those music timing up well for dramatic effect, too. I just butchered my first delivery. I've been doing that a lot today. What's the matter with me? The Ravens plus 12 turnover differential is the best in the National Football League, but Steelers right on their heels at plus 11, second best in the NFL. So these are two teams that do a good job of winning the turnover battle. Baltimore leads the NFL 29 takeaways. 18 of those are interceptions. That's third most in the National Football League. The Steelers have 25 takeaways, but have the league's fewest giveaways with just 14. Baltimore, they've turned the ball over 17 times. Uh, Seven interceptions on the year for Lamar Jackson and for Baltimore as a team. That's the fewest in the NFL. The Steelers have thrown nine interceptions, five fumbles lost. That's better than every other team in the NFL other than Cincinnati. Baltimore, though, they did turn the ball over three times in that week five loss to Pittsburgh. For the season, Baltimore has an average time of possession of 31-23. That's fifth best in the National Football League. The Steelers' time of possession... 29-18, that's 21st in the National Football League. We talk a lot about turning a set of downs into a new set of downs here, right? During Stranger Stats, um, 70% is the average in the NFL. Baltimore's offense is doing this at a 75% clip. Steelers' offense a little over 67. So a little below average, but not terribly far off. 
Steelers opponents have thrown for 713 more passing yards and 10 more passing touchdowns than Pittsburgh so far this season. Baltimore has scored 30 touchdowns more than they have allowed this year. They've also created 56 more first downs than their opponents. The Ravens average 2.2 more yards per pass attempt than they allow. And get this, Baltimore, not only impressive in the turnover differential, they're also plus 20 in the sack differential. So doing a good job of protecting Lamar while getting after the opposing team's quarterback. Baltimore's offense is second in points per game. Their defense is first in points per game allowed. Pittsburgh uses their nickel package with five defensive backs on the field at the 31st highest rate in the National Football League, 36.2% of the time. Baltimore's defense is in nickel 82% of the time, the highest in the National Football League. So stranger stats there, right? Steelers, one of the lowest, second lowest in the league. Baltimore, the highest in terms of their nickel package percentage. Justin Matabuke, I talked a little bit about how the Ravens front is maybe the the one part of their roster that isn't just loaded. But Matt Abuque is a very good player. In fact, the only two players in the NFL with more quarterback hits than him this season, Nick Bosa, reigning defensive player of the year, TJ Watt, the vice reigning defensive player of the year who did it the year before Bosa. Matt Abuque is right behind those two in terms of quarterback hits, third in the league. So he is having a solid year. The Steelers here have thrown are throwing the ball, I should say, just 53.7% of the time this year. Only five offenses are throwing it less. Over the past three games, only the Bills have thrown it less than Pittsburgh. The Steelers have a drop back rate of 47 or 45.7, pardon me, percent of the time on offense. And the only under uh the only offense in the NFL that throws less in such circumstances than the Pittsburgh Steelers is the Buffalo Bills. When the Steelers have led in the second half of games, they throw the ball just 36.7% of the time. That is the lowest in the NFL. Steelers defense, 11 personnel, one running back, one tight end, 75.4% of their snaps this season. That's the fifth highest percentage in the National Football League. Baltimore, I talked a little bit about how good that defense is. They are allowing right now just 16.4 points per game. That is the best in the National Football League. They're first in sacks, first in takeaways, second in the league in red zone scoring and touchdown percentages as well, fourth in the league in total yards allowed per game, sixth in the league in passing yards allowed per game, third best completion percentage against. Pretty darn good defense. Uh, Speaking of completions and pass attempts, Mason Rudolph averaging 10.5 yards per pass attempt. That's compared to just 6.4 for Kenny Pickett and 5.9 for Mitch Trubisky. Some more air yards there for Mason Rudolph. A couple more here as we wind this out. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about those running backs like I said we would. Of all the running backs in the NFL with at least 100 carries, Najee Harris ranks 7th in percentage of runs to go 15 yards or further. He needs 87 yards on Sunday to reach his third straight 1,000-yard rushing season to begin his career. Of all the running backs in the NFL with at least 100 carries, Jalen Warren ranks second in yards per carry and second in percentage of runs that go for 15 or more yards. He's got 50 or more yards from scrimmage in eight of his last nine games, and Jalen Warren had his season high in touches last week in Seattle with 17. The Steelers averaged just 2.9 yards per rushing attempt against Baltimore earlier this season. 
did run the ball 30 times. But since week 10 against Cleveland, the Ravens' run defense has allowed 878 yards on the ground. That's 125 yards per game. Uh, and during their most recent seven games, Baltimore's opponents have averaged over five point yards per carry. So the defense hasn't been as stout in the run game as maybe they are in other areas. couple more here. The Ravens starting linebackers Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen have missed just a combined 53 snaps this season between the two of them in 16 games. That's impressive. Kyle Hamilton, the talented safety in his second year for the Ravens, is the only defensive back in the NFL with 10 or more tackles for loss and 10 or more passes defensed on the season. So he's getting it done in the secondary and he's getting it done up at the line of scrimmage. And then finally, we like to talk a lot about quarterback wins. Is that a stat? Is that not? Well, no one's bringing this up with Mason as much as they are with some other people. But Mason Rudolph is now 7-4-1 and one as a starter for your Pittsburgh Steelers. There's your stranger stats. Baltimore Ravens Week 18 edition. Going to take a break here. On the other side, it's our buddy Brian Backo. He will help us continue to set the stage for what awaits the Steelers in Baltimore. Maybe we'll have some good health updates from the Batman as well, too. We'll catch up with our good friend of the show on the other side. You are listening to the Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Steelers Ravens this Saturday, 4.30 in Baltimore. Big one for the black and gold. Not quite the same ramifications for the Baltimore Ravens, of course, but always an intriguing one when these two teams get together. Joining us now to discuss our good friend of the show, our day one on the show covers the Steelers for the Post-Gazette, Brian Backo. What up, Mang? How's the uh, how's the new year going so far? Oh, it's going pretty well. Uh, no complaints so far about 2024. And will we have our last road trip of the season this weekend, or do we have at least one more in the offing? That's what I've been thinking about a lot. So it's weird. I will tell you this. I'll be honest with you in a moment of transparency here. Last year, I felt like the Steelers had no chance to make the play. Like, just for whatever reason, last year, I felt like, you know what, you caught lightning in a bottle down the stretch, and you were able to get back in the conversation great, but you had just dug yourself too big of a hole. It ain't going to happen. This year, I feel like it's going to happen. I feel like you and I are going to be headed to – uh, what, to Kansas City or Jacksonville or wherever, the Buffalo, no, wherever the game might be? It can't be Jacks. Okay. It could be Jacksonville. I think our options are Miami, Buffalo, KC again. Oh, Lord. Well, KC has the, the – site of the Steelers' last playoff game, correct? KC has the – correct. Has the worst press box broadcast booth set up, I think, in the league. Miami not far behind, but at least they have nice weather. Buffalo in the middle of January – Yeesh. So does, wait, does that mean I have to root for yeah. the Dolphins on Sunday night then? Well, if you want to go to Miami, then yes. Then we need the but, Jags uh, to lose and the and the Dolphins to win, correct? Yeah, some, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. you want you want the Dolphins to win regardless for the Steelers. True, um, true. Yeah, you know, that that would that would get them in combined with a victory. So well, good thing good yeah. thing Moats um, good thing Moats isn't here. Good thing Moats isn't here to uh, you know 
have us talking about how we want the Buffalo Bills to lose. We yeah, will... our, our resident member of Bills Mafia wants to thread that needle of Steelers win, Jags lose. Of course Bills he does. Win, and everybody's all hunky-dory. Of course he does. He, he wants his cake and he wants to eat it too. Uh, but for any of those things to happen, Brian, we know, of course, the Steelers have to take care of business in Baltimore against a we, – listen, we know Lamar Jackson's not playing, everything else kind of up in the air, but we certainly think a lot of guys either aren't going to play or might have very limited roles – for Baltimore on Sunday. Um, do you have any names, any expectations? Maybe a guy like Odell Beckham Jr., who's a little bit longer in the tooth, right? Maybe uh, someone like Roquan Smith or Patrick Queen or, or Humphreys, who you really don't want to lose. Is Do you have a good feeling about anybody else from Baltimore, or do you really think that this is going to be one of those you know, game-time decisions, the Ravens might not want too much rest, Harbaugh probably still wants to beat the Steelers? What's kind of your vibe on who will see dress for the Ravens? Now, my vibe is they're going to get as much rest as possible. I, I think every second, third stringer, and, you know, they'll use all uh, all two yeah, two practice squad elevations, I believe, you get these days. Um, I think they'll be up. So, yeah, I, I think he's going to try to keep his most valuable players on ice. Obviously a young guy who maybe doesn't have as much wear and tear, more uh, willing and able to get out there, but I think it'd be – Silly to press too much. And when you talk about Odell Beckham, yeah, I mean, he's he's getting up there in age in their receiving core, and obviously they brought him in for stretches like this to try to help in the playoffs. But he hasn't been their best wideout by any stretch. Sure. I and mean, I would certainly say that's been the rookie's eight flowers. So you got to protect him as well. I think, Wes, it lends itself to run, 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 three yards in a cloud of dust for the Ravens make it a two-and-a-half-hour game and, and get out of Dodge regardless of whether you win or lose. And particularly if the weather's going to be nasty, right? I mean, just run the ball between the yep. tackles and, and, and minimize yeah. any, anything like that. As, as few snaps as played in this game on both sides of the ball as possible, that to me should be the Ravens' M.O. and probably will be. And you know what? When you do run, you might as well keep it vanilla, right? Just sure, kind of sure. slam it up the middle. Don't tip your hand on what you're trying to do with anything. Just like I said, Win or lose, get out of stadium without any bumps and bruises if you can. Well, speaking of bumps and bruises, uh, I know Landon Roberts delivered some good news this afternoon. He said he's playing. Uh, that's obviously a huge deal. How healthy do you think he is? And then with that, Minka Fitzpatrick going to play? And how healthy do you think he is? Start with Landon Roberts. I, he's a bad dude. I, lo- I love Me that too. guy. Me too. Me too. Easy, mean, I, easy to root we, for. We, uh, yeah, and we handed out our little uh, PSWA Chief Award yesterday, vote for media good guy cooperation, and Patrick Peterson got it, well-deserved, but I voted for Elandon Roberts. He's, he's been a grown-up in the room for the inside linebackers, which is, which is great, and he said today, he said he's playing. I said, is it like a pain tolerance deal with the pec? Obviously, that's not easy. Are you going to be limited at all? And he just looked at me and said, I'm playing. So he doesn't do it in a jerk way. He's just a pro's pro. So he's going to try to tough it out. I think, like, it, you'd, you'd probably have to strap him down to keep him out of what's a must-win game for this team to stay in it. So, yeah, um, I think he's going to be out there. Now let's talk about Minka Fitzpatrick, pro bowler Minka Fitzpatrick. Hey. Um, so – I thought yesterday was a good sign for him in two ways, Wesley. He got limited work in, and when Patrick Peterson was accepting the chief award 
from the scribes here in Pittsburgh. He was also <laughs> asked about the possibility of getting Minka back, and he put it out there that, yeah, he had Minka next to him, making checks, making adjustments. That makes his life easier. So I'm like, all right, he's in the game plan for this week at the very least. But hold on. Talk to Eric Rowe in the locker room. He started the last couple games as he's been elevated from the practice squad. He's been at strong safety. Pat P at your traditional free safety. And he said, for what it's worth, and, and this is why you guys have me on Fridays, 120, <laughs> get information out there to the loyal listeners. Uh, Eric Rowe said he anticipates having the same role as the last couple weeks. Um, he said he's been, wor- you know, practice reps have been the same with the first team. Now, he also added that Minka's obviously trying to get back. He's doing everything he can to uh, to manage that knee and, and play through it, and we'll see what happens. But at least as of now, that for me threw a little bit of cold water on the Minka back idea. But we'll see. We'll, and, and Eric Rowe and I both looked at each other and were like, we'll see at 4 o'clock what the injury report mm. says. And uh, might be clarity, might be no clarity if he's questionable. Who knows? Our buddy Brian Backo. See, that's why he's the scribe that is our good friend of the show. He can read through the tea leaves like nobody else. I love it, and that's a very astute observation from you. Uh, good news on a land, and, and maybe we'll just keep our fingers crossed that, that something happens with Minka. It is Brian. And that's the thing. Everybody wants to know. Everybody's sure. always Minka going to play or not. They, they might not know. He might need to test it out. He might need to continue getting treatment and – ultimately get a determination on whether that's a good idea or they're, not for him to suit up. They're also 5-1 and one without Minka this season, which is just insane. And I'm not saying that as, a, as like an indictment of me. I feel like people used to do that with Sidney Crosby all the time. Well, you know, the Penguins <laughs> The Penguins have a winning record when Sidney Crosby doesn't play. All right, yeah, let's go trade him then. Let, like, I'm not saying let's go get rid of Minka Fitzpatrick, but uh, it's impressive. It's credit to the rest of the guys and what they've been able to do in the absence of one of the best safeties in the National Football League. Uh, all right, Mr. Backo, it's been, uh, I tell you what, a palpable difference between the uh, the Steelers' offense these last couple weeks. Obviously, the quarterback is always a huge catalyst of that, and what Mason Rudolph has done, the Steelers have had their highest-scoring performances in back-to-back games here the past two uh, weeks with him under center. So what are your expectations for Mason Sunday in Baltimore? It's going to be a different-look Ravens defense uh, but still a Steelers team that needs to take care of business. You expect him to continue to play well. You expect him to take a step back. Heck, do you maybe expect him to look even better? What's the uh, what's the expectations for number two heading into Saturday? Still going to be a fierce Ravens defense, I think. I mean, I, as I put it on the Post-Gazette podcast this morning, like that's just a unit that even, even when they've got all their guys healthy, I feel like the, the hole is greater than the sum of its parts, which is a credit to – Defensive coordinator Mike McDonald, who might not be there much longer, he might be in line for a head job somewhere with the, the work he's doing. You know, you, you look at, I mean, yes, they have some marquee players. Don't get me wrong. Marlon Humphrey, Kyle Hamilton's been awesome. Roquan Smith is arguably the best player at his position on the planet. Mm-hmm. But the edge rushers are, you know, older, retread or younger, up and coming type guys. The D linemen, I, I think that it's probably fair to ask how much of that is like the scheme versus really good under-the-radar draft picks of Justin Matabuke and yep. Travis Jones. So, there's – and, you know, Geno Stone was somebody. He's a Whippeal guy, Newcastle High School. Um, you know, they just they, – they picked him out of Iowa. They haven't always used him as a starter, but this year he's got seven picks. So, they're just kind of doing everything right there defensively, which tells me there's going to be a trickle-down effect of still seeing some good competitive players on that side of the ball. I don't think it'll be easy. 
for Mason Rudolph and the Steelers. I don't think the weather will help in that regard. No you know, so far, his two starts, his two starts have been pretty friendly to quarterback play. I think with uh, the you know, unseasonably warm day against the Bengals, and you know, I don't think it was too bad out in Seattle either, was it, Wes? No, it was not. It was actually quite lovely. Yeah. So I mean, that's going to be a challenge too. Does you can't help but be reminded of 2019 when it was a torrential downpour and right. Duck Hodges threw for 95 yards, oh, I think, geez. and the Steelers just got bullied up and down the field at M&T Bank Stadium in all three phases. Literally, Jordan Berry got pummeled yeah. after uh, bobbling a snap right in, in the oh, end zone gosh. right in front of our uh, press box view. So, yeah, I mean, there, there's a little bit of uh, you know haunting nature there, but um, you know, I, I still think that with the ground game going the way that it is right now, should still play into the Steelers' hands of, of being able to, to uh, you know, dent the, the Ravens' defense here a little bit. Well, that's a perfect transition by you because Najee Harris needs 87 yards on the ground to reach 1,000 for the third consecutive season to start his NFL career. So, over under 87 rushing yards for Najee Harris on Saturday. Um, I'm going to go under because, again, I think there's – not going to be a ton of snaps and plays in this game. I think the Ravens are, are going to use every second of the play clock that they can, right? And that's kind of that's kind of the Steelers' identity to begin with anyway. So, yeah, I'm going to go slightly under. I mean, I think Jalen Warren will, will be right there with them neck and neck this week. Obviously, Najee took the cake uh, in Seattle, but – yeah, I mean those those over unders are always tough. I've been I've also been told that you never take the over on a player prop because you can't account for injury. You can't account mm. for weird things like that happening. That's a great point. That certainly is. All right, Mr. Backo, as we start to round this up, I mean, you know the drill here. I need to know two things from you before we go. The first is obviously your score prediction and how it plays out on Saturday. The second is, do you think the Pittsburgh Steelers find themselves a part of Super? Wild card weekend, and you and I are previewing uh, another game next week. Yeah, I think the Steelers do get the job done. It won't be pretty, but I'm going to say 15 to six win against Tyler Huntley <laughs> down in down in Baltimore. 15 um, to six. It's going to be grimy, a grimy grind in the city where the wire. Buddy, that's uh, that's great. That's but, greasy, right? That's greasy win right there. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's going to be a, a slugfest. And then as far as getting help, honestly, Wes, all it takes from there, uh, Bills or Jaguars loss. Or we could all know their playoff fate by midnight Sunday. No doubt. If Texans Colts tie. No doubt. That's all we need. All we need Texans Colts tie. <laughs> Not asking for too much. Um, but, yeah, no, I think – I do think one of those two teams will slip up, either the Titans – playing uh, for pride or the Dolphins playing for a home game in the postseason will uh, handle business and the Jags fans might be crying in their terrible towels uh, after uh, besmirching the name back at at Akershire Stadium uh, a couple months ago. And the Steelers will be headed somewhere uh, in the postseason uh, after missing last year. Oh, Lord. So what you're telling me is it's going to be Buffalo or Miami, and that is like the complete opposite ends of the spectrum. One place I would really look forward to spending 
two days in the middle of January. The other place I would need an extra suitcase because I'm going to have to pack so many winter clothes and all those things and probably a shovel to get ready as well, too. Brian Bacco of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, kind enough to lend us some of his time on a Thursday here, I guess. Uh, not as always, but you get the gist. Buddy, thank you so much for the time. Take care, and I will, uh, I'll see you tomorrow night in Baltimore for the Ballyhoo. Yeah, we'll see you in the Charm City, Wes. There he goes. Brian Bacco, Shaler's finest on the horn, taking the Steelers to win. 15 to 6? Brian, he he always thinks he's got to be so hip, doesn't he? He's got to always take them them hipster scores, doesn't he? On Twitter, at Wesley Euler, it is a weird schedule with no show tomorrow. We didn't have a show on Monday because it was New Year's. It's a condensed week, right? So everything's on the board. I'll get to your tweets Uh, Some of you have tweeted in your predictions today. We will get to those, obviously. I'll give you mine. Some of you have tweeted other questions, comments, concerns, reactions around this game. We'll get to those, too. Last chance to get them in, you knuckleheads, before we wrap this thing up when we return. I'm Wesley Euler. You are listening to the Steelers Blitz on, oh, gosh, I just almost said the old tag, on Fox Sports Pittsburgh and SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Final segment of the day, knuckleheads. Yins know what that means. It is time to get to your questions, your comments, your concerns, your reactions, your predictions for Saturday between the Steelers and the Ravens before I get to mine. So one more time, Big Red. Time's yours. Thank you, sir. All right, I've got a random smattering of your tweets bookmarked. There's predictions in here. There's questions in here. There's thoughts. There's comments. There's concerns. Let's just randomly start getting after it. Uh, Tyler tweets and says, I need to hear it five times today, Baltimore, from Tony. I think I played it once, right? So what's your fault? Here's number two. Baltimore. What? What? Baltimore. What's that? Baltimore? What's that? Look, it doesn't really matter, all right? Gotta love it. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll get a couple more in in this final segment before we get out of here. Uh, Tyler also wants to know who's been your player of the year for the Steelers. His is Jalen Warren. Player of the year. I mean, it's got to be T.J. Watt, right? Just the way he impacts the game from a defensive standpoint is absolutely ludicrous. Jalen Warren is a good shout, though. No doubt. Maybe offensive player of the year. Uh, him and Naj in tandem. How about that? Jeff tweets and says, looks like the weather is going to have a big impact on the game Saturday. Yeah, we talked about that a little bit earlier, Jeff, with Backo there as well, too. It does look like now it's going to be rain and not snow. Selfishly, that's a good thing for me because I just hope the weather doesn't affect us trying to get out of town on Saturday night to get back home to my uh, to my wife and my two daughters. Um, a snow game would be a lot of fun, though. Snow football, much more fun than rain football. But... Flying in the rain, much better than flying in the snow. At least I think. I'm not an aviation expert. I don't know. Just, just, just get me home on Saturday night in one piece at a decent hour. The Real Teddy tweets and says, What's up, cousins? Not sure why uh, we're surprised. Uh, so many are trying to downplay how great of a coach Mike Tomlin is. Uh, it's also, though, getting tiring having the reoccurring theme that we always have to depend on other teams to make the playoffs. I get that, Teddy. I do. I also think, remember it, 
it remembers in what it, 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 it all depends on what context you view it. And it's a 17 year sample size for Mike Tomlin. So it's really easy to convolute certain things. Uh, and the Steelers have been in this position. I know more uh, often than they would want to be. I also think these last two years are different though, because these last two years, it's you, you are in a rebuild. Again, the Steelers never use that R word, but when you lose an 18 year future hall of fame, two time super bowl champion winning quarterback, it's just reality. Look, it's what happens has happened to the Patriots since Tom Brady has left. Look at what has happened to the saints. Um, since uh, since Drew Brees left, the Broncos and Peyton Manning, the Colts and Peyton Manning. Like, you don't just, yeah, you, sometimes you get lucky and you get Aaron Rodgers to follow up Brett Favre, but that is the extreme exception to the rule. And so for the Steelers to be in a rebuilding phase and still having a chance to make the playoffs last week of the season last year, potentially winning 10 games this year, I do think there's success in that. It's not the ultimate success. And from where the Steelers were at 7-4 and four before that three-game disaster stretch, when you look at it from that context, too, it's absolutely a letdown. So it, 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 it just all depends on how you value it and what angle you w- want to run with. I don't think that it needs to be something that we throw parades for, but I also don't want to downplay it too much either. Me tweets me and says, Dr. Westman, I hear you talking a lot about Baltimore today. Baltimore, what's that? Where'd you from? Baltimore. What? Baltimore. Baltimore? What's that? Look, it doesn't really matter, all right? First question for me, Phillips Crab Cakes overrated. Uh, I've never actually had Phillips Crab Cakes, and I, I do believe I know what you're talking about, me. That's like the Permani Brothers of Baltimore Crab Cakes. Is that a fair way to put it? Like, I think there's a few of those restaurants in the Maryland area, if I'm if I'm correct here. I've not had Phillips ever. Um, I've had Jimmy's Seafood. I've had a couple other places in and around the Baltimore area. I actually had a really good crab cake at the Guinness Brewery last year, of all places. I do think crab cakes are a little overrated. I like them. I only have them a couple times a year, so it's always nice when I do. But if I'm going out for a big seafood dinner, crab cake isn't number one on my list. That's what I kind of explained earlier on in the show. I like them. They're not my favorite, but I certainly don't dislike them. Maybe they're a little overrated, but still still a quality quality option, especially in Baltimore. Number two, does TJ finish with the most sacks this season? Yes. I think he's going to have a couple against Baltimore because he always has a couple against Baltimore. Number three, what's a good non-sports podcast that I should try out? Ooh, that's a good question. So I'll be completely honest with you guys. I don't listen to a ton of other radio and podcasts. Because it's what I do for a living, and the last thing I want to do when I get in the car, when I get home, is more of it. I listen to a ton of music. Like, my my Apple Music app is cranking all the time, cousins. Um, but I really like a podcast. It's a history podcast. And I think I can say this, because I don't think it's like a word you can't say, and it is the title of the podcast. It's like saying Shit's Creek, right? The title of the TV show, not the four-letter word uh behind the bastards is the name of this very popular podcast and what they do basically is they examine some of the most evil people in world history and kind of deep dive into you know like there's hitler episodes there's mussolini episodes there's an episode about the cover-up of pat tillman's death and how we didn't know until later that it was friendly fire like they just they take some of the worst stories some of the worst people from history and moments around the world and they really dive into them and i find it just incredibly fascinating but I'm not the best one to ask that question, if we're being honest. 
It's like I've told you guys this before. I think my dad's a violinist, right, in the Pittsburgh Symphony. He hardly ever listens to music because that's what he does for a living, and it's like he kind of wants to get away from that, and that's kind of the same with me. I don't listen to a ton of other radio shows and podcasts, not nearly as much as I used to when I was younger in this business and first cutting my teeth. Um just because when I get in the call, car, I want to listen to music. I want to make some phone calls and catch up with people I need to talk to, whatever the case may be. Idiot Without Borders tweets us. Is this a, a first-time tweet? Welcome to the party, pal. Uh, how fun would a Lions-Bills Super Bowl be? That would be awesome. That would be one of those no losers if that's the case. I think we could all agree two fan bases that would deserve it, two fan bases that we have no beef with. That would be a fun one. The only one that would be more fun is Steelers-Eagles, baby. Um, Annie tweets... And says, I'm of Serbian descent. Saturday is our Christmas Eve. The Steelers get the holiday win, 20-17. to 17. Running game shines, and Herbig comes up big again. I didn't know that about Serbian descent, Annie. I didn't know that there's a different holiday timeline there. That's interesting. You learn something new every day, kind of like Canadian uh, Thanksgiving. Steeler rocker, our buddy Jay in New Hampshire, tweets, uh, I'm just joining in. Not sure if you hit this already, but if a scenario gets Steelers versus Browns in the playoffs, who do you have winning? Homerness aside, uh, I say that e- even in the dog pound, we would get them. Just a feeling this weekend, Steelers win 21-17. to Who ride? Who ride? Jay also says his defense eats. Um, A lot of that to me would depend on where the game is, which I guess it would be in Cleveland because they'd be the higher seed. It would take a lot for that to happen. Um... I think the Steelers could win in Cleveland, without a doubt, but I would probably have the Browns as a favorite. If the game was in Pittsburgh, I'd have the Steelers as a favorite because, like I said, I don't think that Cleveland defense is the same animal uh, on the road that they are at home. And the and Cleveland, just in general, if they were to somehow get a chance to host a playoff game, that place would be bonkers because, huh, newsflash, they don't get to do it very often. Rock in the truck tweets, says, taking care of business 27-17, and we'll see, it goes from, see where it goes from there. Here we go. Uh, Angry Bike Lane tweets and says, I still think the Steelers' problems with the Ravens' JV team is enough cause for concern. Yeah, Batco lined that out, didn't he, Angry Bike Lane? I didn't need those flashbacks from 2019 like I'm a war veteran, but I remember. I remember. Devin in Denver, the human flamethrower, tweets, What is that Baltimore soundbite from? Devin! Devin! Where'd you from? Baltimore. Devin! What? Baltimore. Baltimore? What's that? Look, it doesn't really matter, all right? Only one of the greatest movies ever made, Scarface, the story of Tony Montana, a Cuban immigrant who finds untapped power in America. All right, one last refresh here. Let's see. Oh, I got a tweet about Christmas in Russia. Ooh, festivities start on Christmas Eve and celebrate it, which is celebrated on the 6th of January. Interesting. I had no clue. The Russian Orthodox Church commemorating the birth of Jesus Christ celebrated on the 7th of January. Wow. Never knew that. I love it. Learn something new every day. I'm a dork for those kind of things. I like learning things that I didn't have a clue of. Russian Serbian Christmas is January 6th. Well, happy Christmas Eve, Eve. Or sorry, it's January 7th, so this is Christmas Eve, Eve, Eve. You get what I'm saying. I hope you have a very happy holiday. Cuban Dan tweets and says, looking at Steelers 19, Ravens 10, Mason continues to play well, and Najee gets his yards for the 1K. I hope so. Uh, I got 24 to 10 in this one. I know some people are predicting low, lower scoring. I know the weather will have something to do with that, but 
I feel like the Steelers' offense is humming and is going to be able to move the football against this Baltimore team. And I feel like the Baltimore offense will be able to do enough to score some points as well, too. I'm going 24 to 20. Maybe I should be more like 20 to 16 now that I'm thinking this out, but you know what? I'll stick with my gut instinct. 24 to 20. What is the, let me check real quick, pull this up here, the over-under for this game on Saturday. I'm sure some of you know it, and you're probably tweeting it to me right now, but I'll get it pulled up here quicker uh, quicker than, it's 35 points. Oh, wow, so I have it going way over. I think I should bring that number down. No, I'm sticking with it. Steelers win 24 to 20. Steelers cover as well, too, important in our show-me-the-money uh, rankings here as we get to the end of the season. And I do, like I said, last year, I just I, I thought there was no way the Steelers were getting into the playoffs. I just, I didn't feel it. This year, it's different. For some reason, I feel like we're going to be sitting here a week from now getting ready to, uh, you know, to preview a Steelers playoff game the following weekend. And as I'm saying this out loud, I got a real bad feeling that I'm going to be in Baltimore this weekend in crappy weather and then Buffalo next weekend in even worse weather. But if the Steelers make the playoffs, it is a sacrifice I am willing to make. That'll be the last one for today. Thank you to uh, our buddy Brian Bacco for uh, for joining me, for giving me some of his time. Thanks, as always, to you tweeters, you power grid megawatts out there. You know I appreciate the H-E double hockey sticks out of Yins, but particularly on days when I'm riding solo in here. Enjoy the weekend, everybody. Let's go get a big victory, and we will be back to some semblance of normal next week at least. Well, we think, because I guess the Steelers can end up playing on a Saturday again if they make the playoffs. But we will have a Monday show for the first time in a few weeks. This past Monday was New Year's. We were off. The Monday before was Christmas. We were off. So we will have a Monday show. Win, lose, or draw for your Pittsburgh Steelers in Baltimore. Postseason or no postseason. The following weekend, we'll be back on Monday to break it down as always. Take care now. Bye-bye then. I'm Wesley Euler, and you've been listening to the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, Steelers Nation Radio.